0: Thanks to Zocdoc for supporting the Apple Bits XL. With Zocdoc, you can search for local doctors who accept your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Go to Zocdoc.com/applebits and download the Zocdoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. And thanks also to Everlywell for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Take control of your health and well-being. EverlyWell Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at EverlyWell.com/slash AppleBits. Alright, everybody, let's get to the show. Yay, yay! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the AppleBits XL, Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 193. 193 episodes. We are almost at 200, which is just crazy to think. So thank you so much for all of you hanging with us. If you are new to the show, this is really a podcast, kind of like the title implies. It's all the latest kind of big stories and headlines around Apple. But what we're going to do this week, we're going to mix it up a little bit. Yes, we've had product reviews, but I decided to bring in two guests. John Prosser from FrontPage Tech, he's also been on the show before, and Sam Cole from iUpdate on YouTube. We're going to have this like three-person conversation, but I thought it was really fun and dynamic of really talking about the state of Apple, how we feel about the MacBook Pro, what we're looking forward to not only next year, but maybe maybe beyond, and uh, other stuff like Apple's priority of form versus function. I think everyone is now kind of having a little... They kind of sit on a certain side of that fence or maybe they have some good thoughts about it. So we just get into all of it in a, yes, we're going to, the conversation starts off a little off topic, but I think you'll, I think you'll be able to pull something from it. But first let's just get to some orders of business. Yes. Be a part of the show. Call in applebitsshow at gmail.com. Just record a voice memo, whatever platform you're on phone, laptop, tablet, windows, Android, Apple, iOS, macOS, whatever you want Send it in applebitsshow at gmail.com with your name, where you're from, and your comments or your thoughts or your opinions or corrections. We'll take them all, so send them along. It just really adds a lot of flavor to the show. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash tong is how you support my content, and thank you to all of you who have continued to support me. It starts at $2 per month, $5, which is like a cup of coffee, 10 25 and the $100 platinum Apple level. But what you do, what do you do when you do it? You get early access to my content. You get rewards at different levels and a completely ad-free version of the show. We do a monthly live Zoom hangout. We're doing kind of some of these fun fitness challenges. And as time goes on, we'll start kind of trying to think of new ways to really make it even more engaging and just really allow us to all connect together. But without you, this podcast doesn't happen. Patreon.com Slash Brian Tong is how you support this, and I'd appreciate it. And thank you so much for all of you who have continued to be here, whether you just started or you're here from the beginning. All right, let's just get to the podcast. It's a fun one. It's a long one, but there's also a lot of really cool ideas and talking points in here. And uh, if you can guess or you know my age, uh, you'll like the first few minutes of this. We'll see. All right, let's get right to it. All right, everybody, special show this week. Oh, goodness. I've got the boys in the house. We don't have one guest. We've got two guests. Sam Cole, I update. You might recognize him from his YouTube channel. And Mr. John Prosser, Front Page Tech in the house. Gentlemen, welcome. Whoa.
1: Hello. What's Brian?
0: <laughs> this is the first it's time such, we've been together. It's yeah.
2: such a joy to be featured on the Apple Bits. LX Podcast.
0: LX. Um, people that the, didn't yeah people that I'm not gonna let it, it slide didn't. though. They have to know people, when I did the introduction <laughs> the first time I called the name of my show the wrong name.
1: Hey, it happens. I, you know, sometimes that we're like, Welcome back to the bar Genius." I mean genius bar. Yeah, you that's know, like it, me
0: going, Welcome back to back
1: page tech. <laughs> <laughs>
0: do you own back
2: back
1: tech yeah. backdoor, backdoor tech? tech you don't oh, even that know sketchy backdoor tech sounds like comes come kind of like a brothel or something
0: <laughs> it is so everybody listening um also I, I did forget to mention genius bar i mean john has been on our podcast a few times graciously so i'm like hey let's get salmon here um if you guys and gals follow the apple tech rumor sphere the product sphere all that you'll definitely know these guys but if you don't uh you got to check them out because these are the homies. So I wanted to bring you guys in. Thank you so much for coming. Um, Sam, you know, we, we were briefly talking before this show, but I yeah. said, hey, save it, save it for the actual show. <laughs> so of So course. he was kind of starting to get into telling me when he first started seeing my content.
1: Yeah. So um, something I've I've done more and more uh, as I you know, get to talk to like now peers in the tech community, like it was people, I mean, obviously still look up to all these people, but it was people that I was like, oh, they're like, you know, these content creators, like I I watch their stuff. And every time I go on somebody's show, whether it's like meeting John Rettinger on Geared Up with Andrew Edwards or Andrew or, you know, you, Brian, I'm always like, it'd be fun to tell these people like when I've met them, because like, I know I am a bit on the younger side as far as people that, you know, do the Apple news cycle. And I was telling Brian, I genuinely think it was 2011 with the iPad 2 rumors when I started watching your show when you were at CNET at the time, which I was in grade school. Like like I was a seventh (laughs) grader in grade school learning like basic edition <laughs> when I started watching your show. And it, it's so weird. To, like, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, this is our first time meeting, but it sounds weird. Like when sometimes when fans see this, they're like, oh, I feel like I know you, but it, mm-hmm. you have to realize how much yourself you put out there. But it is one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I've never talked to Brian before, but like I watch your videos and like you were a part of my childhood. So I'm like, I know you, like, I don't know you, but I feel like you <laughs> have some kind of rapport that it hasn't existed until now. Yeah, and I was man. also like, how old are you, Brian? How old? Like, I don't know. dude. You, that is the biggest
2: 12? mystery in my life currently. I have no idea because I, I've been watching him forever too. <laughs> he looks the same. <laughs> like I have no aged. fucking idea.
1: He is not aged.
0: <laughs> okay, well, let's play, let's go. play the game. And everyone listening, we're gonna get to the actual show, but okay, let's let's play the game. If you if you had a guess and you didn't know, based on how long you've seen, how old do you think I am?
1: How old do you think I am? Uh 36.
0: Okay. Yeah, because you're like, dude. I've been doing it for <laughs> since you were in grade school, like, right? Yeah, like like
1: ten, <laughs> ten plus years. Like you probably graduated like university. Like, yeah, I'll say thirty six.
0: Are we allowed
2: okay. to do? Okay. Are we allowed to do? Uh, how old we think you are, and then also how old you you actually look?
0: Okay. Is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. I mean, because that's
2: the problem. You look. You look like my age or younger. You look like twenty five, twenty eight, around mm-hmm. around that sphere. Okay. But. I've been watching you forever. So there's no way that you're less than like 74.
0: <laughs> so I have to know, man. I mean, maybe I should have, we should have recorded video on this one, but we don't got time. So, okay. You guys, you guys are kind of close. Um, Sam's closer. Okay. So oh, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you, I'm going to let you bid up John Prosser. Uh, how, how old do you think I am? Uh,
2: I think my, okay. My guess, my official guess is 35.
0: Okay. So go up higher. I need to go up. Yeah. Okay. What? No. 40. <laughs> Sam, what do you think? Do you think I'm 40 or you think I might be under 40?
1: I think you're 39.
0: Okay. Go up.
2: What? what? You're over 40? Brian Tong, you are lying. I ain't lying.
0: 43 almost 42 i'm 42
1: guys no what? what there's no you're way absolutely not i refuse to believe it how do you i'm just you know, telling what is you. your skincare routine dude
0: um uh, my routine is i basically sacrifice a pig in the morning <laughs> i rub it i smudge its blood all over my oh, face and yeah, then i squeeze yeah, yeah. a little grape juice grapefruit juice like directly from the citrus and i just let it singe my skin dude, dude it's working
2: i was working on like uh an Apple leaks video like a few months ago. <laughs> and I was looking up iPhone four stuff, like when that leaked, when Gizmodo leaked the iPhone four. Oh, and there was a clip of Brian on the news talking. And it the news clip was like in four pixels. And he looked <laughs> the same. And yeah. ever since I saw that video, I was like, dude, how old is Brian Tong? Why is he in this video from like 1995 looking like this? Wow. Have you, so have like, you, ever,
0: have you ever posed the idea that maybe I know how to, Maybe I can time travel. Have you ever even uh that no. didn't cross my mind uh, until exactly this moment. And now
2: I yeah. think now I think but, I
1: believe. Yeah, no, I'm convinced. Like you could are you gonna be in the next Marvel movie? Like I, I'm a like superhero, like in my wish story. They, they Dude, I could you see.
0: know what if if they run out of, you know, if uh, they kill off Shang-Chi, they can bring in Tong Chi. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what Dude, I think. I, I think you have all these it. jokes
2: just saved up and like full no! pocket
1: for later. <laughs>
0: just they're just this is organic i never
1: thought of that before (laughs) okay wait so
0: so sam sam and john how old are you guys then
1: so i am we establish our
0: ages here before the show
1: 23 i'm 23 years old
0: i had to wow yeah what i'm i'm so impressed with uh 23 i thought you might be like 26 27 that's impressive (sighs) man all right good stuff thanks all right john you
2: want to think because i almost forgot i think i'm 28 i think that's how old i am
1: you guys are that young? Yeah. Yeah. I, I also. Like, man, I, feel I, like, I feel like I'm like much older. <laughs> I well, thought it's I was a, it's my a, same age until I like asked him and he was it, at the time he was 27. <laughs> and I was like, wait, we're really like four years apart. And he was like, yeah. yeah. So I was like, "Whoa, you're like getting out of high school when I started high school. It's yeah, that's man. Crazy. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. So anyways, now, now, you know, my actual age, which is kind of crazy to me, but I, I never think Have about it. Have you ever it until said it,
2: it out loud to the internet?
0: I think people that know, know, I mean, I'll even when it's my birthday, I'll like put it up, but yeah, it's like people still don't believe it. And people are still guessing <laughs> to this day. 42 they think I'm a fucking vampire basically. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh my God. dude, It's awesome. Well, I mean, that's props to you. Like you're doing something right. You got good genes. You got something going on. I don't that's know. It's good. Okay.
0: So people are like now like okay are, you, are we gonna actually get to the show yes we're gonna
1: get <laughs> to the show. if they listen to Genius Bar they're used to this already yeah sorry <laughs> sorry wrong we're, we're, we you have to be respectful of where we are Sean. I think it's I think it's a fun <laughs>
0: it's a fun little mystery it's a fun little mystery so okay gentlemen now that we have our ages out of the way and I am the gram, I am the senior uh I guess I get seniority here in the house yes
3: you, you do yes of course.
0: I love to hear you your impressions you know which first of all uh which products. Did you actually purchase from Apple's recent announcements? And then let's start MacBook Pro. Did you guys both get MacBook Pros? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't of it yet. Yeah, neither do I.
1: I got my, you can't sound video, but right behind me, underneath my Pro Display XDR. (laughs) Not to flex, not to flex. No, I've got my... my (laughs) He's going to return it. Don't let him fool you. (laughs) No, I think I'm going to keep it. I decided this morning. I think I, I paid the credit card bill. And I just cried. I just, I looked at my checking account. I'm like, ah, there's enough in here to like make this. So anyway, I got the 16 inch M1 max silver, 64 gig, four terabyte new MacBook pro. And it has been glorious, dude. Like I'm, I'm selling another reason I was able to justify like that big purchase alongside the display XDR is I'm going to sell my old M1 MacBook pro and my like specked out 2020 iMac, which I bought for like five grand at the time. So I know I'll get like roughly... The computer paid for by selling the old stuff. And, and that, like, yeah. a lot of people always wonder, they're like, how do tech YouTubers just buy everything? <laughs> and it's like, I, I some people hold it like Luke Miani's like, I have 47 MacBooks that I own. And I'm like, that's more than three. So <laughs> I, I, I sell my old stuff. And like, that's how I look, justify the purchases.
0: Like, I, therefore, our jobs. And look, there are some people, let's be honest, at certain levels that could buy anything they want. So, mm-hmm. It doesn't really, you know, when you can buy any product you want and it doesn't matter. Well, then it doesn't matter. It's not as you gotta be I, I feel like it's important to be grounded, like I make my decisions based on am I gonna actually use this or yeah, like sell the old one, put it towards the new one. Yeah, not just be like, oh uh yeah, every single product of the lineup, or when I've seen people buying like every single like multiple configurations, like not just two configurations, like four or five. I'm like, are you really keeping all those? No like, way. I don't no think way. so. So Performance-wise, Sam, I mean, I did some render tests on my review and it blew me the freak away. So what have you found that has really stood out for you?
1: It's been the peripherals back. That's been really just so nice. Um, I I haven't actually used the HDMI in a, in a situation where I've needed to yet to connect it just because like, I don't really work in an office or like, you know, I haven't been over with a friend and like needed to just plug something up yet, but I know there will be a day when I need that. I will say there was a specific time a week ago, it was, I had a Halloween party. I like took a bunch of photos on my like DSLR. And for the first time in five years, I was able to not struggle and look for my lost SD card dongle and I took my camera and I took the SD card slot out. And I just looked at the person who I was with at the time. And they were like, why do you look so surprised right now? And I was like, I haven't been able to do this simple task in five years which is insane. Like, it is so weird to say that out loud because it's such a simple thing, but it was so game-changing to be able to have my laptop, nothing else, SD card reader in the laptop. Like, it, it's game-changing for my workflow, and I feel like for you guys as well, because I, I think both of you shoot on SD cards, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yeah. I do, I do.
1: There's not a Marquez that shoots on, like, the red mini mags and, like... No, I'm, you know? no,
0: <laughs> no, not yet. No, I'm not that yeah. out of the level. I mean, I'm, I'm using my iMac 1080p cam to, to shoot everything now. Yeah, I'm just kidding, I'm not. You, I was you guys saying,
1: actually believe me. You uh, guys I was believe like, me. No, I thought you meant right now on Zoom. And I'm like, yeah, that looks like a 1080p oh, yeah, yeah. camp. But I was like, no, your videos yeah. look better than <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you have a lot of macro <laughs> shots for
0: yeah. he <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, I mean, just picks the whole iMac up, gets really close. close. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, when you talk <laughs> about the dongle thing though, yeah. I when I I almost not almost I actually forgot that when I started using this MacBook Pro to ingest video. I actually reached for my dongle first and couldn't put my SD card in the dongle because <laughs> I'd been so trained that yeah. it didn't have an SD card. And it was just earlier this week that I finally was like, oh my God, I can put it directly in the machine. It's kind of sad and funny, but really cool. Like how Apple can toy with your emotions. Yeah. And this is something that is a basic, you know, fundamental piece to a laptop, quite honestly. Yeah. We talk and now about we're that. like, oh my God, I'm so happy now. And it yeah. emotionally actually... It emotionally actually affects you. We Mm. talked
2: about that on Genius Bar. Like speculated that what if Apple like sabotaged Intel, like they they took away all the peripherals on purpose, all those ports on purpose, just to make you think Intel bad. And when they redesigned with the M1 Mm. chip and brought all the chip, all they brought all the ports back, you thought, oh my god, Apple good, Intel bad. It's
0: possible. I mean, I it's possible. I look, we know. I don't know if this version of Apple is as petty as the previous versions. That they would go those, but I think, how about this? I wouldn't be surprised if that conversation kind of happened behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Not that that was their motivation, but every, you know, this company thinks about everything, every angle, every permutation, like even let's talk about the notch. Okay. They had, they had reasons that in their mind, so they could tell the public what to justify the notch and a certain segment of people who don't care about it, that's fine. But a certain segment like me that still can't get over it still cares about it. And I get it that you're getting more screen space. But the way that Apple kind of reasoned it and put it out in the public, I heard a lot of people then just echo exactly what Apple said. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. Knowing that when they when they say, Oh, you're getting more screen real estate, that they they knew that they could convince and turn people to think that way, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Now, John, you and so I want to hear. Yeah, you haven't just, you haven't received it yet, but I'd love to get no. your take here.
2: So yeah, I'm sure that like it goes away when you use it. That's fine. My you know on since the iPhone 10, the notch just like goes away. If You start to it's like if you lose your. Have you ever heard like if you lose one eye, the other eye just sort of makes up for it, you. Get mm-hmm. used to it. <laughs> That's what this is. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get used to it, but it's still a, I'm still missing an eye. It's still a problem. <laughs> um, but you know, it's whatever. I feel like it's more. Uh, I feel like it's more branding than anything. Like it's that silhouette on the Apple website. It's the recognizability when you see it like that is that is a Mac. And um, that's I feel like if we got face ID, honestly, I would be a lot less upset about the notch. To would be like, OK, mm-hmm, in, I guess in my head, that's what I would need to justify its existence there. Um, but, you know, maybe I'm sure we'll have face ID next year or whatever, and it'll be fine. And they just they're starting this year because this is the redesign. Fine. But right now, I don't have it in my head and in my own emotions. I don't have any reason to justify it. It just exists, and I'm upset about it.
0: Sam, where are you at with the notch, dude? I love it. Yeah. Are you kidding? Are you serious? You love it? Yeah. He's one, one of those guys. Love.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I, everyone's been like, "You're an insane person," and will that I mean that's true? Of course. But <laughs> like, I genuinely really like the way it looks it has not impacted bro. my workflow in any way it is only improved in full screen it literally disappears like an old yes. macbook and okay to be fair i have been using my macbook a lot docked to my display <laughs> so i have not been looking at, at oh, the, the notch a lot but like i just added that at the end to be the, fair okay, i don't that's not- it no, but at the same time, the other night I was editing a video and it, again, I'm in full screen and final cut. I don't notice it. Like when I'm using my MacBook to do serious work, it is a serious machine. Yeah. When I'm browsing Safari in a window and I have my mail open, there's a notch at the top. It, like It's fine though, because there's a 1080p camera and I like the thinner equal bezel. It, well, it may be except for the bottom, but I like the pretty equal bezel around the sides. It's worth it for me. And I believe it's the right call. At the same time, we're going to get face ID on these Macs. They just threw it on here a year early. Like for me, yes. Do I wish Apple would come out and just be like, Hey, like we think this is recognizable or hey, we think it's it's this. We did it for this reason, but they are not going to confirm that. And I, I wish they would. Like it, it's very refreshing to hear just an Apple executive be like super honest and transparent without PR jargon, which almost never happens. And you know, that's, that's what I kind of miss about the jobs era of Apple. It's like, yeah, I, I like the notch. I think it's a good call. But like also, I agree with you guys. It's like, don't cover it up and act like it's for these other things. Like, I want to yeah. know what that conversation was like. I want to, I want. I want somebody on the team to sit down and have an honest conversation with a journalist or reporter and be like, "Yeah, dude, we totally did it because it was more recognizable." But of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's also, I think it's short-sighted to say it's only one reason. I'm sure there were like yeah, it's definitely yeah, alone. yeah.
0: That that's the reason they want to tell us. I mean, the reason why I brought that up is because you know we we have these briefings for those of us who are lucky enough for now to get access to early review units. And <laughs> yeah, after this add, episode,
2: you're probably out of, yeah, that maybe list. not,
0: probably not. <laughs> but, but in, in the briefing, I, I asked them directly. I just said, Hey, you know, is this, I, the question that you pose is, is this, do you feel like this, not the notch here? And I kind of preface it, like, you know, some people love it. Some people don't like it but this is kind of part of your brand. Like, do you feel this has to do with like a brand identity where Mm -hmm. now the iPhone has it, the MacBook pro has it, two of your pretty much your flagship products. Um, And have you guys embraced that? And the, the rep said, no, they, they said, we don't even see it that way at all. So they Mm -hmm. didn't even give me an inkling like, Oh yeah. You know, it's part of our story. They didn't say that. They said, we don't look at the notch like that at all. And they were pretty, pretty strong about So, you know that okay. it, it's that's what they're telling us but i think if you ask if you lined up i really wonder if you lined up let's say 500 apple employees internally <laughs> and had them fill out a survey oh. you, are you for the notch or not i don't i'd be really interesting to see like how you know where where it would fall yeah.
2: i'd be I've been curious wondering, this is like when because when we say notch out loud i've been wondering a lot lately what apple like just an Apple engineer or somebody that works Mm -hmm. there like deep into the company, you know, they bring the same phone home. They're using it just like everyone else. But do they think of, do they think of things differently? Like when they see the notch, do they call it the notch within Apple or is it called something else? Or like Mm -hmm. the other day I, I, I hit the mute switch on my phone. I was like, I wonder if like an Apple engineer flips that off and they don't think, Oh, mute switch. They think like, Oh, that's button three, six, eight. Like, I don't, I I just want to know what they think, what everything is in their head. Like
0: what the, what the code, what the code, like what is like, you know, like like, the name that cannot be spoken.
1: Right. Yeah. Like like, you cannot
0: say, so can you not say the word? You like you cannot see the N word (laughs) in in, in Apple headquarters.
2: (laughs) Yes, I
1: I would hope there's nobody just casually using the N word in Cupertino. The notch, the notch word, the the notch word, the notch (laughs) word. For
0: clarification, uh, our our listeners. Okay, here I'm gonna throw this out. You know, we're talking about we're not gonna dwell on the notch per se, but you know, I feel like we've seen this, and I'd love to get your thoughts. Apple has. Clearly changed after the Johnny Ive era, and the Johnny Ive era brought us so many things and is part of the legacy and the history and the DNA of this company. But do you guys feel, or where do you stand on this? I feel like Apple has not only listened to us a little more, but they're where before it seemed like it was form over function. Mm-hmm. I think they're more leaning now towards they may not say function over form, it feels that way. But do you guys feel like they're treating it equally or do you think they're tilting more towards function versus form? We've seen it where the iPhone got thicker. You don't see people bending their iPhones anymore. They got thicker, got a bigger battery. Mm -hmm. We've seen it. Also, you don't hear them bragging anymore.
2: You don't hear them being like, this is the thinnest. This is the lightest. You don't hear them saying that anymore. Mm
0: -hmm. I think. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think the Johnny Ive departure is not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying that Johnny Ive, you know, should have never been there without Johnny Ive. I I believe that Apple wouldn't be who they are now. Um, But I think, I don't want to say that he was disconnected or that he lost touch, but I think his, his vision and his goals for hardware were just different. Like uh, he, I think that he, uh, he really appreciated the physical form factor more than anything else. And, with tech products, especially in the competitive space where we're at now, I don't think that that the physical aspects of of uh, devices the most important. I just I think that they are slightly better off without Johnny Ive there.
0: Sam,
1: I uh, I just thought of this analogy when John was talking because I feel like there has been some like I see a lot of Johnny Ive hater on the internet. And I think we can all call out things that we we believe were mistakes, like you know, making everything so insanely thin. Or I've heard a lot of people say they love like the MacBook with one port. I'm talking about MacBook, MacBook, the 12 inch one. That to me was the most pointless device Apple has ever made. You know, from my experience, like everyone I know that owned it hated it and didn't like it. I heard like people from the verge though being like, We love this computer. And I was like, Wow, <laughs> you guys are hard on everything, but like yeah. that want... Okay. So it was really interesting to hear that. But Johnny Ive is, he's a high end designer. Like that is what he's good at. And I think for the Mac, like the older Macs, and maybe the first things that weren't truly mass market products, I think he nailed them because he gave those first and early adopters what they wanted. It was like the iPhone looks cool and wacky and the mm-hmm. iPad looks crazy. It's just this slab of glass and aluminum and you know the Mac is is this wild device. But as things got more and more popular, you realize that the mass market has super different needs than the people who want a cool-looking device. Like I wish my iPhone was as thin as a piece of paper because I think that's cool as an early adopter. Would that be practical? No, but as somebody who is fascinated with the way technology evolves, I think that would be a dope idea. At the same time, that's not what the market needs, and that's not what consumers want. And as Apple got into this bigger and bigger, more mainstream and impactful company and basically held the position as like the chairman and chief of technology in the world. It, it's like, oh, that doesn't work. Like the thinnest and lightest of everything doesn't work because people actually need good batteries and people actually mm. need to put SD cards <clears> in their Macs. And it it's interesting because now he's like working on Ferraris and it's like he's back. I think he's about to hit his stride again. It's like, how many Ferraris did they make a year? They're not making millions of these things they're making a select batch for the highest end of clientele. It's like why, uh, why people work at fashion houses like Louis Vuitton and off white, right? It's like, these are for people that want this wacky fashion. It's not practical. Like the, uh, the NASA Balenciaga space jacket. that's like eight times oversized. is not practical to wear in any way or that <laughs> speak you know, for
0: yourself, Sam. <laughs> okay. Fair. It's
1: pretty, it's pretty sick. I was looking at it, but it, it's one of those things where it's like, listen, if ever, if, Louis Vuitton was designing clothes at a practical level. It's like, it doesn't make any sense, right? Because nobody wants to wear that. But there are some people that love fashion and want these weird, wacky things that, that don't make any sense. And I think that's where Johnny Ive was. He, he started there and then it's like the market needed something totally different, but he still saw what he wanted as a design person. And yeah. I stand by the fact that I think the designs that Johnny made were the best ever. Like, I think the thinner and lighter iPhones looked amazing. I think the MacBook Air is like a concept, looked incredible. Or even the MacBook looked stunning, but it just didn't make any sense as a piece of technology.
2: Well, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's what they needed. Like early when, you know, when the iMac G3 and stuff was super popular, uh, look at the space around them at that time. That's exactly what Apple needed. You know, they needed to look different and fun and they needed it. Their designs looked like they cared about how things looked, and that really set them apart. I think that, um, I think we're at a balance now where like, Johnny and I was around for so long, and the Apple design ethos is like set in stone almost. That you know, for decades, people are used to a certain look that. Because he was around for so long, it's not like they can just because he's gone, everything just suddenly looks different. Everything still looks like Apple because of the design ethos that's been around for so long. But because Johnny's not there anymore, it's not as strict. Somebody there is not as strict as Johnny Ive, and I, but they're willing to start like tweaking stuff here and there and adding more, uh, just taking more chances for, I guess, the consumers that that want more ports, for example, or you know, thicker machines, whatever it might be. I think that. Um, I think it helps that so much of Johnny Ive is already in Apple that um, it took somebody sort of from the outside to keep the same design ethos, but start to take more risks and more chances Mm -hmm. uh, and not care 100% about how how everything looks. And that's, I mean, we have a notch on a MacBook, so that's where we're (laughs) at now. (laughs) I mean...
0: All right, thanks to ZocDoc for sponsoring the show. Being independent was a whole new ballgame for me when it came to figuring out my health care. And there are times that, hey, when you need a doctor, you need a doctor now. Not in a few days, not in a few weeks, and definitely not in a few months. If you need to see an MD ASAP, we've got a solution. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or over video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. Whether you need a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash AppleBits. And thanks to EverlyWell for sponsoring the show as well. Take a moment to answer this question. How are you feeling today? Well, if the answer is anything less than great, I think it's time to learn more and demand better for your body. Take control of your health and well-being with an at-home lab test from EverlyWell. Everlywell offers affordable at-home lab tests that give you trusted, physician-reviewed results. Choose from tests including food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, thyroid and so much more. Here's how it works: go to everlywell.com/applebits and choose your test. Everly Well ships your test straight to your door with everything needed for a simple sample collection. Return the test to CLIA certified lab with a prepaid shipping label. Then your physician reviewed results and insights are sent to your device in just days. Now, over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well with their at-home lab testing. I recently took the stress and sleep test, so I'm going to be really curious to see what my results will be. And for listeners of this show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com/applebits. That's everlywell.com/applebits for 20% off your at-home lab test. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is it is fascinating though when you even talk about how they have the you know, of course, Johnny Ive is fundamentally crucial to where Apple is today, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not on the I'm not on the train of Johnny, I hate. I'm more like, you know, I pose this question just to see like, oh, where do you guys think, you know, how Apple has shifting? they have to shift. I mean, look at look yes. at how big they are as a company now. I mean, Tim Cook, him just by default being a CEO and how he runs the ship and how we have five, six different iPhone models, that is fundamentally different. It is still Apple, but it's different than how Apple has run before. Mm-hmm. And it exploded, exploded, exploded mainstream due to, you know, being able to kind of say, hey, we're not going to give you one phone, even though, right, you still have a group of purists who liked the idea of this one almighty phone being the iPhone. And I still love that idea. But from a business mm. standpoint, I mean, you cannot I don't yeah. there is no other CEO that could do what Tim Cook did mm. after Steve Jobs. If you know, Sam would watch Tim my Cook video. <laughs> what was that? What was that? I
2: made I made a whole video like two years ago, like a little documentary style thing about how uh, I think it's called Apple is better without Steve Jobs.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: and obviously the title's supposed to like uh, emotionally trigger people, but there were so many people that would, that would be so angry going into the video, but by the end would come and be like, you know what? I think you're right. And it was just basically about how like, it's not that Steve was not the best for the company. It's that right now, I think that Tim Cook is the best CEO for the company. And, uh, the fact that even before Steve passed away, you know he resigned and and had Tim Cook become CEO is very telling that he personally handpicked him. I think that's what worries me now about Tim Cook uh, looking at retirement, is because I trust Steve Jobs picking the next CEO, mm. <laughs> but I'm worried about Tim Cook picking the next CEO. And uh, there's just like there's so many things you can't argue like. I think something like way well over two thirds of all the money that Apple has ever made has has happened under Tim Cook.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and Steve Steve made amazing products for the few, and uh, Tim for the most part makes you know decent products for the many.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, I still yeah. do miss the 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 one iPhone thing. I, you know, I have. I have this sitting here all the time. I mean, I think we're only on audio, but I have the iPhone four next to me just all the time. Just when I want to remember that things used to be cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, you know what I saw when you said the word um, Apple makes decent products for the many, it sounds like, yeah, (laughs) I heard him go, (laughs) but I think,
1: I think they're incredible. Okay. I think they're, I think they're incredible products. Yes. There's things I want to change. And, I, I I let me just say I completely agree with what John you're saying because I am also concerned about who comes after mm-hmm. Tim and I think we've talked about this on our show a little bit before but it's really because Steve Jobs was a visionary like you one know, of one set, set his like personal life and other things like yeah I think it's important like you know people be like Kanye says controversial things like yes you also cannot take away from the fact that like the dude has done something that nobody else has done before and that's cool, right? Like, so Steve Jobs, you know, th- whatever the controversy about, like the dude changed the way that the world saw technology, period. Like we also need to examine these other things. They don't excuse mm-hmm. like maybe how he was as a father or how he treated people. That doesn't excuse it. But I think you can, I think these two things can co- coexist. I think a bad person can also coexist with someone who did change the world in some fundamental For sure. way. sure. And Steve Jobs was that visionary. Tim Cook is not a visionary.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think so. Tim
2: Cook.
1: I,
0: I mean, is... everyone can agree to that.
2: Tim, yeah. Cook is... Tim Cook is an amazing CEO, but I don't think visionary. I would I would put him next to
0: that word. I mean, he comes I from think, the supply yeah. chain, right? I mean, he knows yes. he knows how to. He literally knows how to squeeze every cent out of their mm. current products and then previous products, right? I mean, again, yeah. four or five iPhones exist today. So, right, the Apple's like, hey you can't just buy one iPhone. You can buy an iPhone at the price point that makes sense for you. And that changes the psychology of how it's even looked at as a brand. I mean, we are talking about a main mainstream consumer brand now, not before where when I used to work at an Apple store years ago, there was a poster on the wall and it talked about how, you know, everyone would be like, oh, Apple's not that special, Apple. You know, you're such a small sliver. And this poster talked about how I think like, oh, Mercedes Benz is at the time it was, three or four percent of all car sales, but they were Mercedes-Benz. Mm-hmm. And they right. were using that to compare like Apple in the computer world, especially at that time, I think they're around like two or three percent of the market. But mm-hmm. they were making they were the ones that were creating the change. They were the ones that people were looking yeah. for towards for that change. And man, I mean if we looked at today, are are we talking about Apple somewhere around 20, 20 you know globally? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact number. Yeah. But I know it's definitely more than four or five percent. You know, yeah, I think we're the, leaning, we're not a third, but we got to be leaning around 20, 25% ish.
1: Yeah, It's a lot. You're talking about just the computer market. Just like,
0: like even just product, like products as a whole. Pro, I mean, yeah, we're talking about that fo- sounds right? about right. If you're right. talking about like you across know?
1: the entire market for their penetration. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but like, like I was saying, like I, me saying Tim Cook is not a visionary. I don't think that doesn't mean he's an incredible CEO. And that he's, he's fundamentally che- changed the DNA of this company. What I'm concerned about is if someone like, Jeff Williams, the current COO, would become the next CEO because now we're like two steps removed from a visionary. Like yeah. Tim Cook worked closely with Steve Jobs all uh-huh. the time. Now it's like, well, Jeff Williams—he's done some really cool stuff with like the watch and other things. And is Jeff Williams a CEO? Am I getting this confused?
0: He—I don't think he's a CEO. No, I think he's I mean, just. I'll
1: yeah, do it There's before. somebody else. Yes. Anyway, he—he he is like. People have, you know, Mark Gurman has sort of suggests like that is sort of Tim's right hand man right now.
3: Mm-hmm. And yeah, you it's were right. like,
1: he's the COO. He okay. is COO. He's
0: COO. Is this okay?
1: Which is exactly what Tim Cook graduated from. So it's like, you know, I'm sure Jeff is doing great, but it concerns me. I, nothing against Jeff personally. It's just like I, I'm concerned about the long term. Innovation cycle from a company that would now be two steps removed from somebody who who really wants to do crazy stuff. Cause like again, we can argue about Steve Jobs' choices and some stuff that he did was like, you know, this is just crazy that he got rid of this support or this compatibility. It was like big controversy or the, the disk drive or the, the headphone jack for Tim or whatever. But it's like those things change the market in a way that I believe was good. And the last thing I want is for Apple to start playing it safe. Like, I okay. don't want them to leave things on. Like, I don't want the SD card slot to be around here for 100 years well, just because it's a safe option.
0: Here's the thing. Apple has been playing it safe for yeah. the past five or six years, specifically under Tim Cook's regime, right? I mean, that that's the truth. The other yeah. thing, though, that I think you make the point that's really interesting is that, and it, it made me think about it, is, okay, we're saying we're potentially two CEOs removed from a visionary. I think part of the reason why Tim Cook was brought in is because there is there is no visionary like a visionary by definition is there to rock the boat and mm-hmm. I don't I think Apple is holding on to the as much DNA that Steve left in the company and if you bring in a visionary they're gonna have radically different ideas than what Apple is today because they would want to make Apple shape Apple their own way and I think because of the regime is still there that still holds, SJ near and dear, and we can see that still in a lot of the products and even how they talk about him. It, it just fundamentally, I don't think we could, Apple would be willing to bring in a new visionary if we're treating the word visionary as someone who mm. is a disruptor to what their culture is, right? I think that yeah. they'd rather hold on to these, the current design fundamentals that they have that are carried over from the Johnny Ive and SJ era. They'd rather hold on to some of those ideals and tentpole um, you know, fundamentals from the SJ era Maybe tweak them a little. I mean, we're even seeing them become more of a a retro modern company that's paying homage to like their heydays, but now kind of bringing a new modern flavor to it. Um, And so, I think I just don't see them bringing in a, anyone who's a visionary because they would just rock the boat, and they would they would be like, oh, what? They don't want to ever feel uncomfortable around someone. Mm-hmm. And SJ had that luxury because he brought them back from the dead. Yeah. To be that visionary, right? They're not they're they're not floundering. If maybe they're in a really bad spot in let's say, let's pretend in five years the walls have crumbled, <laughs> maybe that's when they go for a visionary. But until that happens, it's it's gonna be kind of play it safe, business as usual, don't fuck it up.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, I think the part that like when I said uh I think right now Apple makes decent products, um the there's there's one thing that's frustrating me that is like, that is the difference between decent and great. And I think there's so much of a focus on hardware right now that they are nailing, like just like small thoughts that I have throughout the day, like looking at the iPhone 13 and just realizing how durable it is, like how it's perfectly Mm -hmm. optimized and built hardware wise that like that thing is so strong. You see all the drop tests and stuff like caseless. It's an amazing piece of hardware. And they're so focused on, and I, that's Tim Cook's job, is to create a ton of hardware uh, and and do it well, efficiently. Um, and I think that they've made so many iPhones that, like, you know, this one is, I'm sure they'll make something more durable, but, like, it's at, it's at a very impressive point right now, hardware-wise. The thing that is, that is I guess, uh, disrupting me is the lack of balance. Like, ho- software right now? to me, is an absolute mess. And software is the difference between a decent product and a great product. And I can't remember a time where like, okay, so I just got my Apple Watch. Like, I mean, I ordered it three minutes into pre-orders, but I just got it like a few days ago. And it (laughs) took hours. It took hours. When I first paired it, everything was upside down. Not because like You know, I had the crown in settings on one side. It was literally just, it just was wrong. It was upside down. I couldn't change it. And I had to unpair it and repair it. Uh, It was just, it was, software right now is a complete mess. When when I upgraded to the new watch OS, my watch just, I took it off the charger. It thought it was on the charger until it died. Like I couldn't use it. I couldn't turn it off. It was on like the, what's that nightstand mode or whatever until it died. Like that's just how it is. My iPhone is the same way. When I got my iPhone 13, for like a week or two, the touch screen just wouldn't respond. Just like I want to say twenty percent of the time, it just wouldn't. That that
0: happens with me too.
2: Yeah, I can't remember a time where across the board the software was this messy and unreliable. And to me, that is what made Apple products great was they were reliable. When I remember in high school, you know, that was one of the arguments when everyone was like, "Oh, I just got my Moto Droid two or whatever," and you know those were crazy amazing phones with amazing features but my phone was always reliable i was never worried about like you know not being able to make a phone call or not being able to send a text like everything was very very reliable and i don't feel the same way now i'm still going to use you know i'm still using apple products i still prefer ios over android but it is worrying me how far away we're getting from the software hardware balance that i always like you know grew to know with apple
0: you know you make a great point great point johnny you know what i've i've Talk to some people over there. And I think one of the main hurdles, and I'm this is by no means an excuse for them, is them being away from the office so much is actually hurting the software development teams mm-hmm. for yeah. you know, for whatever reason, the way that they collaborate. I mean, you can you can start really seeing it in this generation's products. I mean, mm-hmm. let's talk about they have 120 hertz promotion display on the MacBook Pro and Safari doesn't even support yeah. it. <laughs> like that to me, that's the that is the actual app that will showcase. Mm-hmm. pro motion when yeah. you use it every day and yeah. at the moment you know i'm sure they're gonna do an update and they should but you know you got little things like that you talk about your apple watch you talk about the touchscreen not really functioning you look at uh, mac os i mean we still don't have universal control and share play is still in the beta um it's gonna be basically a year and a half until maybe we see those features roll out you know we've seen features be delayed in the past but kind of like two mainstained features for the OS flagship features coming this late. I mean, to me, it's, it shows that this pandemic and them not being in the office and the reason mm-hmm. maybe partially why they want people back in the office is because it's affecting their software development amongst yeah. the team.
2: Oh, even with Mac OS, like yesterday, uh, so after my Monterey update, uh, I've been having weird issues with my mouse where like I will, I'll see the cursor in one spot and then it just pops over to another. I didn't move it. It's just like maybe I was dragging and dropping something, but suddenly when I started to drag it it went from here and popped up to a corner and dragged the thing like completely off the screen. But yesterday, uh my cursor just disappeared. My it wasn't like my mouse wasn't charged or anything. I'm using the Magic Mouse. I'm not using anything crazy. And I could not use the machine. I had to hold the power button, the physical power button on the iMac to turn it off. Mm-hmm. I haven't had to do that since Windows. Like that is a Windows issue that I had to deal with where like things would just break, wouldn't be able to explain it, have to, you know, do a hard reset. And having to do that now with Mac is just like I just feel like software is a, is a big oversight right now and I I appreciate all the new crazy hardware I would just like to take a step back and like regroup because things are such a mess right now that I feel like it's going to take it a good year of focus, mm-hmm. not for new features, not for anything like that, just to just polish it, make it all work again. Because right now I don't feel like I can't, I can't honestly say that I feel like my software experience on any of my devices is reliable. My watch is not reliable. My phone is not reliable. And now my Mac isn't reliable. And that sucks
1: on a day-to-day basis. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's so interesting. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I have not had that experience. I believe you. <laughs> I wish I was saying. <laughs> like, I, I, genuinely, the, the more I do this job, and I think I might've said this in, in a video or something, but I just feel like I'm like the outlier as far as my experience, like I like AirPods Three instead of AirPods Pro, and I just don't. I don't have think that's.
0: These... I think that's a good. I think that's normal. Actually, no. It's it, he's a little baby, and he has little baby ears.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I do have little baby ears, but yeah, no. Like it, I I just feel like I'm always like, I'm like, okay, that's a that sounds really annoying. I haven't had that experience. Yeah, because <laughs> like I have had. Zero. I remember when, uh, when Karina popped on the podcast to say, Hey to Quinn the other day, like just uh-huh. for three minutes before she was like, oh, yeah, she... it took it. Like I had to repair and unpair my watch like 12 times. And I was yeah. like, what? Like Her watch kept failing to pair. It was the worst. So it's like, I hear about these things and the only, and I see it on Reddit too. I, I see people talk about it and yes, there are glitches sometimes. And I've noticed like in my messages app, sometimes my keyboard just won't pop up like when I'm trying to type something, I'll have to like quit the app and open it again. So there is obviously a problem. And I mean you can just see by the the this not only the quality of the software releases, but the feature set of the software releases this year. I mean, iOS 15 was so small, macOS really small, watchOS mm-hmm. was barely an update, <laughs> it was so tiny. So which, you
2: think if it's if it's that small get, of an update, it wouldn't all be broken.
1: <laughs> that's what is confusing me is like, I, I have had a pretty good experience that sort of reflects like, oh, it's an iOS 12 stability year. But Mm -hmm. I've seen from so many people, that's not the case. And um, I mean, you've, you've changed my mind, you know, when I sort of recoiled when you're like, they make okay product. No, I I get what you're saying because that's your experience. And that's why I was like, no, for me, it has been great. But for you and so many other people, it has not been. And I, this has made me change my perspective as far as like, maybe what we, what we need is not a hardware visionary, like Steve jobs, but somebody like Craig Federighi. To lead the ship and be like, no, software comes first. Like software yeah. is going to be the because I mean that is what you're that's using. All
2: this is mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's what's so frustrating is like I have I I cannot sit here and say that the that the hardware is not amazing. Like I said, the the iPhone, the hardware on the iPhone is like perfectly optimized and perfect. And it is it's perfect. You know the the Macs this year <laughs> have been crazy. The iMac this year, the new MacBook Pro. I think I think hardware wise, like Apple is on a whole yeah. new level this year.
0: Nailing it absolutely, yeah,
2: but yeah. hardware is nothing but a tool, it's just a vehicle for good software. And right now, we don't have good software, the hardware doesn't matter if the software doesn't communicate well with it. And that's what I, that's where I'm at. That's the only difference right now between you know Apple making decent products and Apple making great products. And that's that's why it's even more frustrating because. A lot of the hard work is done and they're like in yeah. their own way. It's not like they have to make a new MacBook to, to, in my, in my mind, make a great product. It's there. They just have to flip the switch on good software and I'll be happy. I don't, I don't, I cannot for the life of me figure out how we got to this point where the software is this messy. Maybe Brian's right. Maybe it's because of, uh, engineers, software engineers having to work from home a lot the past couple of years, but like, I just feel that stability and reliability is not a focus because they just... I almost feel like they, they write it off like regular people, the, the mass market buying our phone just won't notice a small stuff like that, like a small bug or... I don't know why the, these things persist year over year, but every time they add a new feature and they don't focus on stability, that stuff just builds up. And there's a new bug that gets added. And when it doesn't get fixed, those bugs add up. And then suddenly you just have, you know, you have someone like me who I've been used to stability for years. Now I don't feel like I have that.
0: Mm -hmm. I think also remember it was, was it about, I I mean, time feels like it warps, but it must've been maybe around three or four years ago where there's also like a big departure of like software engineers from Apple. And -hmm. they were talking about how it was actually affecting their software development internally. And so I think you have to, you know, and that's when you think about it, okay, when they're working on these products, yes, they're working on them constantly. But the phone that we see today was planned out and started working on like two and a half, three years ago. So if you you take that timeline of when those people, based on reports, had departed, and then you also throw in the pandemic factors, in a way, you just look at those two data points and it kind of makes sense. Not that, again, we're not here to make excuses, but it's frustrating as a user, like, Man, I thought I was crazy when my touchscreen stopped working on my iPhone 13 multiple Dude, times. I was same. like, what? And so I just do, I just like powered it off. Like I would just do the hard reset and then it would work. I'm like, wait, did my?" And then when you start reading about it, like, damn, okay, like I'm not crazy. Like it was, was one yes. things that has never that's, happened well, to that's me before. What, do
2: you realize that that's what makes it even scarier though? Because when it, when I was having those issues, I was like, okay, it's just me. I'll just, mm-hmm, I'll just buy a mm-hmm. new phone. I can just replace it and maybe it's just a standalone thing. But when... You know, it started happening to Karina, my fiance, and then I started reading about it online. That's a more, that's a much more like helpless and hopeless problem. Where now it's out of my control. It's if I up, you know, if I just buy a new phone, it's not going to matter because it's it's a software issue that's widespread, and I can do nothing about that but just wait and hope that someone fixes it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And Mm -hmm. I think it, I think it's fixed for the most part, but I've never seen it in release notes. Like when I go to upgrade. I just want someone to, I, it almost, yeah. it, it's fixed, I think. But I, I want to feel comfortable in knowing that I wasn't crazy. Someone else saw it and they fixed it. I want to know that. I want that in the software release notes that, hey, this was a problem. It's now fixed.
0: Like it but literally I, would I say touchscreen bug issues resolved. Yes. You know what I but mean? Like I
2: never saw that. I don't know if you yeah. did, but I never saw it in release notes.
0: And I would check no. with every update. No, no I, I think. I, I, don't, I don't know if they'd ever say that, actually.
1: That, that's what I was just going to bring up. I was going to say a couple of things really quick. First of all, I really wish, I sort of alluded to this earlier, but I, I wish that Apple would just like say things like straight yes. up.
0: It's like, hard. It's I, hard though. Like look at their DNA of how they've crafted yeah. their image. And, you know, even Steve Jobs,
1: like he wouldn't, you're just, holding it
0: wrong. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's in their DNA, but keep on going. So I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: But he would also say that. Like he would say you're holding it wrong. Yeah. Like, which I might disagree with, but that is <laughs> his better. honest, like that is his <laughs> honest truth. He's like, no, it's your fault. Like I want Apple to blame me. I just want <laughs> clarity. It, they can blame yeah. anybody. Like, just say something. Cause there's so many things that happen. We're dead <laughs> silent, dead silent. Oh, three years after everyone in my comment section of my AirPods Pro videos said they've been having issues. Oh, Apple launches a repair program. Oh, wow. Why couldn't you have just said three to six months ago, we're looking into this, like, yeah. just like you said, to let people know, Hey, we've heard some reports from users. We're going to verify that this isn't a placebo or in some way, and we'll give you an mm-hmm. update. Like, mm-hmm. th- I feel like Apple is like, that would be good for our image or that's not great, but being such a big company, that would be such a genius way to build rapport and intimacy with their customer base and be like, no, we hear you. Yes, yes, we're, we're like the second or third or first biggest company in the world, but we still have that personal connection and like to the fans, to the people that buy their products. And I guess right now it's like, it's not really necessary, but I've mm-hmm. just felt like, you know, we're obviously people that are very, have a different perspective because we report on this stuff. Like this is our mm-hmm. job, but it would make our job so much easier if instead of reading <laughs> the Mac rumors forms have reported, it would be like, hey, Apple jumped the gun and told us, before it yeah. was on a news blog. That's great. But I guess their fear is like, oh, what if it becomes Ben Gate? What if everybody stops buying the phone? Like, <laughs> yeah. Which is possible. It, at the same time, I know in people what I respect. And it's all, it's always when people just own up to something mm-hmm. rather than uh, be really quiet until they are forced to speak. It's like the idea of controlling the, the narrative before the narrative takes you. Like yeah. Apple should have just said something about these things if people are saying it. You know? yeah. And it seems the so lack there the lack of focus
2: on on software and these issues like not even being mentioned is partly our fault too it's like even in the tech space like on youtube those are the people that care way too much the people that are watching our youtube videos and stuff that's not mm-hmm. the mass market obviously but when when i put out big leaks what are they they're design leaks people care about how a thing looks and not about how it feels or how you know uh what sort of transactions you're having between you and the device itself. Like that software is the bridge. And it's like, even we play into the hardware stuff, like all my, you know, all the design leaks that we do are just literally, here's a render of how it's going to look. Here's how the next phone's going to look, or here's how the next Mac is going to look. And all the focus is on how it looks. And it's it, if it's like that in our space, The tech space, like the people that should care about the software experience and push for a more reliable, stable platform. If it's like that in our space, there's not, there's obviously not going to be, I just feel like software is not a huge priority right now across the market, because even in, even with the people that should care the most about the software experience, even a lot of us are just like, eh, it kind of doesn't work sometimes, but Mm -hmm, it looks great. mm -hmm, Yeah.
0: yeah. I think, I think until, to your point, until there's a more focus or really something Really bad happens that they can't escape from it, right? Like, like that they someone, can't hide from someone it. Someone
2: can't call nine one one because the software because <laughs> their their <laughs> screen their touch screen stop yeah, working. That's you know? when it. That's when we would see a change. But obviously, I don't want I don't want someone else to have to suffer to be able to create some sort of software change that's ridiculous
0: yeah, yeah. It, it's gonna take a bunch okay so you know since we're talking about change and not that we're because i think we have talked about the software a lot but <laughs> so now yeah. i'm like oh yeah let's change the topic let's <laughs> let's not talk about it
1: anymore <laughs> you're part of the problem probably no say, I'm, not, I'm not is this no, Tim Cook no. i'm talking to
0: <laughs> hold on no, let me the, there's a hand on my back that's controlling my mouth right now <laughs> um so let's you know you talked about since since you know we love talking about the leaks and stuff um, and and you know what's coming and things like that. Is there any product coming out next year that you guys are personally most excited about when you think about the product lineup that you know we're expecting to see? Mac Pro. Yeah, so I'm
1: excited. also gonna say a Mac. I'm gonna say the Apple Silicon Mac Pro. Yeah, mm. I. Uh, I'm
0: gonna say I'm excited for that too. But it's literally if the MacBook Pro is for like three percent of the population. The Mac Pro, which will be amazing, will be for like one percent of the population. Oh, far less than <laughs> one percent. Being way too generous. one percent of the user base. Sorry. Yes. You okay, can say fair, population. Fair. User no, base. No, no, sorry. User base.
1: No, you're you're right. Like it's such a niche product, but that's why I'm excited for it. Cause what yep. I do, like what we all do is really niche. And uh that should man. tell you how
2: how exciting the Mac space is right now. that we oh yeah, when when presented with our most anticipated product, we all said Mac. And yeah, yeah. next year, there's a VR headset coming out, but we're like, oh, the Mac.
0: <laughs> it's, true. Brian, it's
2: true. what are your
1: thoughts on the VR AR headset? Is that a product that you you are interested in? Or do you care about the gaming AR VR space?
0: Old, so look, you know, I own an Oculus Quest 2. I think it's fun. I can wear it in 15 to 20 minute doses, Yeah. but that's about it. And so, you know... Wherever this is leading Apple down the road to this idea that everyone is making up in their mind of these glorious, super thin glasses that you guys have that have an augmented reality heads up display from Apple, which is going to be at least three to five years away. This I this dream, you know, I'm always curious about anything Apple makes, but I'm not excited about it, quite honestly. Right. If I review it and I see it, I'll be like, this is kind of cool, Mm
3: -hmm. but
0: It doesn't change anything for me. And then when you when you even talk about specifically gaming, Sam, gaming on Apple's platforms, although yes, they have a great library of iOS games, gaming doesn't excite me because developers. If there was any time for game developers to jump on board with Apple, it would be now with the M1 X, sorry, the M1 Max and M1 Pro. It would be now. They're not. Yeah. So that that also and this is years of I can't tell you how many times every year you guys see it the emails when is apple going to get serious with yeah. gaming mm-hmm. right? I mean this is a constant theme because you can get a PC laptop for the same price that can do premiere and actually be a top tier gaming machine okay? Yeah. yeah. And and when I look at people like my nieces and nephews who are junior high, high school and college they don't care about MacBook Pros. They care about PCs that can game. All right. So this is the next generation way. Like we know that we're more in a niche, but when I look at the overall broad population, I ask all of them, five of them, Mm
3: -hmm. what
0: computer would you have? All of them say PC. Right. That's something that Apple is going to have to worry about as things, you know, evolve. But from a gaming standpoint, and we go back to your uh, the AR VR glasses, cool, fun. I'll be more excited once we get to the point that it really is on glasses. But that's such a ways away like yeah. a real applicable format that they have to get, you know, you have to start from step one to get to step five, to get to step 10 or of the evolution of it is version mm-hmm. one to version 10. But I'm, I'm more excited about the Mac and they, they've they excited us because we're just getting to year two of the freaking M1 processor. Like yeah, we're yeah. only in year two. And so that is like when that first M1 chip came out and it, we had seen what Apple was reporting about performance until we got it in our hands you know, there are plenty of doubters out there. But mm-hmm. until we first saw the M1 performance and actually used it in a real-world setting, and then we're like, oh, damn, this is literally cutting my render times in half right now. And now we see the M1 Max and Pro and what they're doing. It's like, we're just scratching the surface, baby. Yeah. So this that's why we're trying. all excited. Yeah, that's why we're all so excited about what's happening in the Mac space. And talk about a flip of how the industry has been all about mobile devices for the past to 10 years, Apple has now mm. brought excitement back. And look, the PC industry, they're going to adapt as well. I mean, if there's anyone that can make their own integrated chip, it's going to be someone like an AMD that has the GPU chops and the processing chops, right? Maybe Intel, it'll take some time for them to come up with their own solution. But Apple is changing the dynamic of what's happening, at least in the PC space, from how they're looking at processing and computing power and efficiency. And mm. that's why it's Are so Macs damn exciting.
3: Yeah.
2: From that's, a sales that's
1: standpoint. wild. Yeah. The Mac had their best quarter ever, Tim said, on the onions.
2: In a market that is declining year over year. That's pretty amazing. Correct. And during a chip shortage. Yeah. Correct.
1: You know what blows my mind, though, just based off our conversation? Like, you really laid it out, Brian. You're like, young people that want a game don't even think about the Mac. They and don't. You've, you've nailed it because all of my friends that I play games with on Discord, no, I literally had Mr. Apple, Sam... Bought a PC a few months ago because I wanted to play games and could not on my five thousand dollar <laughs> iMac. Like mm. I could not run a game above a hundred FPS on my five thousand. Like that is absurd. And it, if I was thinking, like I was like, if I could ask one question and get a definitive, clear answer from Apple, I would ask, why are you ignoring this insanely huge market of gaming? Like. If Apple could say, this is not only your college laptop, but also your gaming laptop, but mm-hmm. also a final cut editor, but also used in Hollywood on set, but also on shoots with photographers, like why would, like, if anyone could do this, this would be Apple. And they just are like GPU, eh, like get 32 <laughs> core in the M1 max is better. I still can't run league of legends above like a hundred FPS. Maybe like I was like, oh, I'm going to be able to do like 120 smooth. Finally, at like high no, I still can't do it. That's why I tweeted the other day, this tweet that like everyone was replying to was like, no, there's cloud gaming and there's there, there's this new, I'm like, yes, I'm talking about hardware gaming. Yeah, I want it to be real and it's not there. And I just, especially with this headset, I'm like, why, why are you guys ignoring it? It's just like such, it's like the softball is on the tee. You guys have it lined up. You have all the money in the world to do this why
2: that's what i'm really curious about this headset i'm trying to i'm trying to stay open minded because right now like vr ar so ar is the future there's no doubt about it but like (laughs) there's nothing in the vr ar headsets right now that are doing much for me um and so i'm trying to stay open-minded and when i say open-minded i mean i i'm trying to wait until apple gets on stage and tells me why i should care that's the part I'm excited for. I'm not excited about the product itself. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in hearing why Apple is excited about it and why they're even entering the market in the first place. Because it's it's a, I mean, it's not a completely mature market, but these things have been around forever. HTC has done some incredible stuff with the mm-hmm. Vive. Mm-hmm. Oculus is, I mean, even as a standalone product, is great. Um, so I'm curious what Apple's vision is and what they're going to say that that. I, I just want them. I don't, I'm not looking for them to convince me but I am very curious as to what they believe the value is and do they believe it's any different than, you know, a company like Oculus thinks it is or HTC, what the way they, the way they made me care about the Apple watch uh, has me always open-minded for future products. Now I was going to just
0: use that as an example. Yeah. Because at
2: first I was like, dude, who, why would you want a smartwatch? I, I, I just put all the notifications just in a different spot. Now I have to check my wrist for everything. And they made me care about the Apple watch and I always have one now. So um, I'm curious to see what their vision for this is, because I'm sure it's not exactly the same. If it it was the same and it was just in parallel with, with Oculus or something, it would, there would be no reason for it to exist. And it's obviously something that they're, that they, that they put stages into. Like we're going to get the AR VR headset first, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and then we're going to get the glasses. So, I mean, and we already have LIDAR on a lot of our, Hardware now that is training a lot of these future products. So I'm curious to see what what they believe the the future is for for AR VR, and I, I want someone there to tell me why I should care about their product as opposed to somebody else's. So
0: you know what's hard about this, and as as we're talking out loud about this, um, this is a fun conversation because I think we're all all our brains are like firing on this because we yeah. have all these different thoughts. Um, <laughs> this what's is the hard...
2: genius bar episode Sam and I have ever done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry
3: our apologies
0: <laughs> no what do you mean this is this is what do you mean this is what we're supposed to be doing i, I'm, I know, we're flowing no, but what
2: i'm saying is it's what we're supposed to be doing on our show but we never oh. do it <laughs> this is the most what? genius part episode ever
0: hey hey hey! sometimes you need an old guy in there just yeah. you need an adult in the room sometimes <laughs> <An> old,
1: <laughs> we do we do we, dude you we, should come like, on our show
0: hey yeah, I'm, you, I, you know i'd be more than happy to you know oh, I, nice I got nothing be. but love for y'all um but here, here's the thing you know we're talking about all this ar stuff and you talk about Someone who's going to tell us um, why this is important. Okay, we know, and we can. Everyone can say, "Oh, you guys just kiss SJ's butt." SJ was intimately involved in the creation of his products, down to like what angle uh, bezel are we going to use on uh-huh. this phone. That's why when he presented it, you knew this dude was had his hands on the product. Yeah, I mean, you don't get how that. excited he was right? to talk about Right, stuff. like this was like his exactly. baby, it's like his child, like literally. You know, when Tim Cook does it, he's more introducing the team and members that have a part of it. But when Apple is such an iconic brand, this is no slight mm-hmm. to him. But if Tim was like, I, it felt like the Apple Watch, well, really, the Apple Watch is Tim's kind of true I was original dude, new I got, product. I got chills right?
2: right now thinking about it, like, uh, because when Steve talked about something, he could barely hold back the emotion. Like he was so excited and not just excited, but he was proud to, to, Mm -hmm. to introduce stuff.
3: Yeah.
2: I've seen that once with Tim cook and it was the Apple watch when he, I remember when he, after the promo played, he came on stage with his hands up and like, couldn't hold back the emotions of how proud he was. And I've never seen Tim cook like that since then.
0: Yeah. And that, and you know, the, the Apple watch as it evolved. And like you said, Apple needed to give you a reason to care about it. because at first I'm on I mm-hmm. was on board with you. I bought the first Apple Watch. I'm like, this thing does not have much utility for me until they went to Watch OS three. I think it was was it Watch mm-hmm. OS four. Yes, where it changed and you're like, okay, they figured out that was not the way to do it. Now, the thing about this is someone's going to tell us we already know everything about AR VR that we know right now. Yeah, is there going to be someone at Apple that's going to be able to kind of at least transfer some of that emotion to us that we respect and care about? That's what I'm hoping to make for, make us say. Yeah. Oh, this is, you know, for me, I've got to imagine Apple's approaching this whole AR VR project as more not for gaming, but how it's going to change our actual lives. Like they're going to be more practical about it, right? This mm-hmm. whole idea of wearing something, its this is not, you know, entertainment will be part of it. It has to be. But I don't think their angle here, quite honestly, should be entertainment because all those other platforms have that. They don't have the gaming relationships. Yeah. To make this an entertainment product other than a, a goggles with a big screen so as this product evolves it's gonna be it has to be all about whatever you're doing with your maps whatever you're doing with i'm not a fan of this whole facial identification but maybe it's someone in your selected mm-hmm. group that you can see different things about them when they pop up who knows exactly but it's got to be more of like a day-to-day practical use
3: mm-hmm.
0: that we've never seen before versus entertainment and gaming
2: I used to I I used to have way more faith in them for that stuff too, until, bear with me, it sounds weird. Until Apple TV Plus, like I always had a feeling that when Apple entered a market, it was because they had a different vision for it and uh, they would change the way we use something. Apple TV Plus is one of those things where they just they just did it to exist in the market. That they're not really doing anything different. They have a couple good originals, but the rest of them are just kind of meh and they're not doing anything revolutionary. They're just existing. And that's what I'm worried about uh, happening with this ARVR headset is that they just make it to exist in the market. So they're not left behind. And I'd rather that they just don't touch it at all than just be another thing that exists, because that's that's not the Apple that I that I know, at least for me.
1: There's one quote that has me excited for the headset. Everything else, I'm, I'm not too, I, I'm not too excited about. <laughs> but like, uh, it was from Mark Herman's report, and he said that people that have used the headset have described the two screens as indistinguishable from reality, and that is my full excitement for this product, because I, I'm like you, Brian. Like I can use VR for a little bit, and then I'm just like, oh, this feels weird. Like it, like. And I think that's sort of every, like everyone that even has spent like thousands of dollars on the Vive or, you know, some really nice Oculus stuff. They're like, yeah, I use it for a little bit, but then like I got to take a break.
2: Yeah, and I get motion sick a lot. Yep.
1: If, if Apple could just make a product where you didn't need to step out of the virtual world, but let, let's say it just did everything that the other ones did and nothing special, but the experience <laughs> felt real and more human that, that could actually have an impact on things. Agree.
0: Great point. Great point. I mean, that's what they have to do, right?
1: Yeah. If, if that, if they can do that, then they win. And, and I think this is going to be a big device if they can't. And it's just, Oh, you can play some of these weird metal games on here and you can (laughs) do other stuff and we'll show you your walking directions connected to your eye, Like that. uh, I I don't care. Uh, It's got to feel like, like the watch. Oh, and one thing I want to say really quick, I, I was talking about Johnny Ive earlier and how like, you know, you remember how when the watch came out, everybody was like, it's not circular. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Why? W- <laughs> Can we just all agree that that was absolutely the right call? Right call. Yeah. I, 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 saw- I like
0: how it is. Even still. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. I saw my friend's circular like watch that he had on. Like it was just some Android watch that's circular.
2: I had a gear S3
1: from Samsung Dude, before the
2: Apple watch. It was round and it was
1: terrible. 30% of the text is off the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Like You can't see anything on it. It makes no sense. Like I I guarantee Apple tested it for one day and they were like, "Hey, you (laughs) can't read more than four words of a text. So I remember everyone was looking at it and saying, and and, and that's probably the moment for me where I was like, ah, Apple's finally picking function over form. Mm -hmm. And, And maybe that's a case where Johnny Ive himself was like, fine, fine. Let's, let's try this thing. If everybody thinks it's so great, let's, let's do it.
2: But and even that even that feels like a Johnny Ive thing like uh it I mean you mentioned that uh he would sort of it was sort of uncomfortable when he did stuff but it was like it was for the right purposes and that's what made his design stand out in the first place. I feel like this is a this is very much like when I I was thinking about this just the other day cuz I've been seeing a lot of articles about, you know, Johnny Ive's departure and that you know things are better now, like ninety five Mac and Mac Rumors doing. They're like, mm-hmm. uh, are Apple's products better without Johnny Ive now? Mm-hmm. And so I've been thinking a lot about that. And the Apple Watch is one of the last true Johnny Ive things, where like he did not try to make just a watch. Like it's people did not agree with it not being round. Johnny Ive didn't care, and like even the simple things of like the, the single digital crown and the single button on the side. Like, it's not, there's nothing crazy going on. It's not this big, like, contraption on your wrist. Uh, I And I don't know if, like, if this hadn't been designed by Johnny Ive, like, let's say the Apple Watch comes out three years from now. I don't think it looks like this. I think it, mm. it starts to lean more towards round, or maybe there's more buttons. I don't know. But um, this is one of those things where, like, he, I feel Johnny Ive was spot on with the watch. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't, uh-huh. when I look at the watch, I never wish it was a different way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I mean, I think that the watch took time for them to figure out how they're going to use it. And this is, what's interesting with the AR VR glasses as, as, as we kind of like go back to that point is when the Apple watch first came out, you know, and I even talked to this, you know, someone who worked on the team, he, he deliberately said, we kind of left it to be a blank canvas and we wanted to see how people used it. And then we moved towards that trend. And you could actually went after he told me that, and this is like three years after it came out, I'm like, dude, yeah. what happened in the beginning? And I'm like, oh, you actually really did because it did feel like a blank canvas. It was basically a notification bracelet.
1: And then all of a sudden this
0: trend of health and tracking fitness started becoming emerging thanks to Fitbit and others. And then people started wanting that. And then it became like Apple started at the time packing new health sensors into it. And then people really started to gravitate towards like, oh, this is the smartwatch and also the experience and the ecosystem. But they even, they would admittedly say, we kind of built it very without a specific direction so that yeah. we could move into a direction, and mm-hmm. that's got to be the same way they're going to be approaching these AR VR glasses. And they will like. I love Sam's idea. Like, you know, if these are going to be really special, they have to really kind of capture yeah. this real world fidelity. And if that can be captured, then that can lead to a a more AR type experience. goal It feels like, and from all things we've read, this is really though going to be more of like a VR glass. This first, mm-hmm. this first, these goggles. This first project. But even at that, we're going to see how people. Apple users who will buy this, for the record, in in a good amount. You know, I'm not saying millions of units, but maybe close to a few hundred thousand of units mm. will end up selling. But Apple's going to be able to get enough data from the how we use that and what we like and what we don't to then maybe pivot how that product yeah. ends up being, which is exactly what happened with the Apple Watch. So I am curious. I I, I don't expect to actually be that impressed with the first generation from a standpoint of will I really use this? Cause I didn't really use, I really didn't use the first Apple watch that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it'll be curious to see if that same Hmm. product development and thinking applies this. Whereas if we look back in the SJ era, he kind of knew what he wanted to give us, right? The iPhone was clearly a product when he stood on stage and he had to tell people twice that it's a phone, a music player and an internet device. He had to tell yeah. us twice before the crowd started going like, holy shit. Yeah. So he knew what that was. <laughs> yeah. Right. The Apple watch didn't necessarily know what it was. So I think this is kind of, and this speaks to maybe the lack of a quote unquote visionary, but a new, the new approach of how current Apple approaches devices. And I think that we'll see that with the ARVR.
2: Yeah. I mean, I said that in my Steve jobs video a while back was Steve was like all about telling us what we wanted yeah. And Tim Cook is a lot more about listening. That's how we end up with like 18,000 iPhones a year. Mm-hmm. And there's an iPhone for every price point. And he's like, oh, you want, a, you want a $300 iPhone? Okay, I'll make it work. And they start taking old molds from the iPhone 8 and like repurposing everything and finding a way to make that manufacturing cost make sense for them. Like, I think that's really smart. And I think that's what we need right now. I, I don't think there's a space for someone like Steve Jobs 100% of the year at Apple where I don't, I don't think telling people what they want and how to use it works as much anymore. I wish that like half of their products were like that. When you came out with an AR VR headset, tell me why I should care. But like, I do appreciate the whole listening aspect. But then of course you do end up with things like the first, uh, the early editions of the Apple Watch were just like, uh, okay, this exists now, but you're not really telling me why I need it in my life. Um, I wish there was more of a balance there because you're right, they're, they, they are... That goes back to my disconnect with software, though. They're making really good hardware and just being like, don't know what to do. We've made the hardware. So I don't know what to do with the rest.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, talking about Steve Jobs on stage. Do you guys miss the in-person Apple events yet? I really do.
2: Yeah. When I talked about getting chills about how Tim Cook was proud about the Apple Watch, yeah. I feel like he would have had a similar reaction on stage about M1. Yeah. I feel like he would have been just as excited if there was an in-person event and there was like a live crowd reaction to the results. And uh, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like I love the pre-recorded events,
1: but I feel like we're missing out on some genuine reactions. I'm ready. I'm ready for in-person to come back. It's just, just the last couple of events. I, I, I remember I was, uh, for a video, I was watching like the, the first digital event they ever did, which was WWDC of 20. And it just felt more special. And their new events have been great. Like the Star summer, they're great events. It just, yeah, I just they don't just feel as, uh, as special. There's they, less you know, work
2: going in. They care less. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like they, they've sort of. It feels more industrial. They've got the formula.
2: They're on autopilot now.
1: Oh yeah, I, I want the uh, Brian. What What are your thoughts? You're somebody who's gone to the. You go to the events and stuff. So like, do you like the digital approach versus the in person? Like, what's your take?
0: Well, I used to go to the events, and then they stopped inviting me, and I haven't gone back yet. But maybe, maybe I'll get invited back. <laughs>
1: Wait, they stopped inviting you.
0: Yeah, there there's some stuff that happened back in my old uh, my old job at CNET, and then they <sighs> they didn't invite they didn't invite me anymore. But I actually was lucky enough to go to I was at WWDC because at the time I worked for a case company actually called Spec, and so um, during mm. those things I actually was at the freaking SJ iPhone announcement. So what? I remember it very clearly. It was what? crazy. Yeah, you yeah, got to so- remember
2: he's like seventy four, Sam. <laughs>
0: no i've been i've been at every i went to i went to you know another event that actually stood out to me because there was so much uncertainty about it and i will actually answer your question about the live events or not in a second yeah yeah. Um. actually the very first ipad unveiling because everyone was very skeptical about that oh but when sj sat in that black leather lounge chair and started interacting with it like it was a freaking magazine like it was just like this casual device people started figuring it out like Remember everyone was super skeptical it happened after CES and people were like eh, "Apple's going to introduce a tablet we've seen tablets why is the iPad bigger it's just a bigger yeah. iPhone."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly it's a bigger
2: iPhone. That's but that's what that's the whole difference like that's what Steve did. He yeah. took time during the event to show us exactly how he visioned it being used. Yes, yes. And we don't have that anymore. We don't we really don't have someone like giving us direction where like Yo, you're the smart dude. You're the one who thought of this in the first place. Tell me why I should care. Don't just yeah. give it to me and be like, okay, now what do?
0: Yeah, the, the whole, the, you know, I think that's why maybe who knows who's going to be the lead that shows up, but this whole ARVR goggles is yeah. the opportunity for them to show us some emotion around yeah. a product. And, you know, that, that's important. I think that is important specifically to capture excitement around this instead of, and I hope it's in person because A, I think the AR VR glass to get, you know, at least genuine uh, reactions from the reporters and YouTubers and whatever that community, it has to be in person
3: for that yeah. product. So Steve, I think that Steve also along.
2: Steve also remained excited about every product category, which Great just point. popped up in my head where now you, when you hear like Tim do interviews, he talks about there's something in the future that I'm very excited about, which I, I admire. I'm glad that he's excited about something, but I feel like he's there that they're on autopilot with all the other products. And I think that comes from his manufacturing background, you know, his supply chain stuff, where he literally is. He knows this to a T. He's on autopilot. The other products are, they just exist. We just make them in mass, and they're not as excited about them anymore, just because they have a formula. It's like, okay, next year we we introduce the, uh, this couple, like these updates. Like, okay, this is internal software update year. Okay, we'll redesign it in a couple years, and they just do they just rinse and repeat every time. They're not excited about it anymore. Whereas I feel you can feel they're excited about M1 Mac, and uh, I, Apple as a whole, I feel is excited about M1 Mac, and they're excited about whatever this. Assuming they're talking about ARVR stuff because Tim Cook says, you know, then they're reinventing another product category and he's very excited. And we assume that means ARVR headset or just maybe the glasses or something. But what if it's not? What if it's something cooler?
1: HomePod 2. HomePod (laughs) 2. Yeah. (laughs) HomePod 2. Wow. That would be such a letdown.
0: <laughs> we, like like the, the the invitation says we've got something to show you and it's like the frame of glasses, but uh-huh. it's the home pod too. Yeah, oh.
2: it's just like those sound core glasses that came out where it's like you can hear music from them. That that's that's Apple's plan. <laughs> that's all they are.
0: It, it were never AR.
2: Please, glasses. please don't. Just, please don't.
1: they have speakers in them. You know if, make-
0: if that really happens, I'm gonna die. What are you gonna say, Sam? <laughs>
1: I was just gonna say I, I was just being selfish, you guys can continue. I oh was just no, gonna, I be selfish. That's <laughs> no, what I was for. just gonna say, like you talking about those events, Brian. I'm like, I'm gonna keep manifesting like I will go to an in-person Apple event in my life. Like I'm just Look, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep throwing it out there. It's anything
0: happen. anything is possible. Okay, this sounds this is me getting on my inspirational high horse right now. Yeah. YouTube didn't exist when I was trying to find a job in media. Back in the day. Okay. When I was looking to work at like local TV stations and I couldn't get a job in media, I said, forget it. I'm just going to figure this out. Okay. Mm. So, and YouTube wasn't even an option. So, you set that goal and put it out there and work your butt off, and people will notice. And whether it happens or not, by kind of setting that goal, you're, you're, even if you fall like, let's say, like a couple steps short, you're going to still actually be on a trajectory that gets you places you want to go. right
1: like it's you know like you might not
2: end up at an apple event but you might be at a surface event for microsoft
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'll be right back guys i'm gonna go kill myself and
0: uh no i mean i feel i feel i mean you know being a fan of that stuff you know i'm just saying in general though like no my my crazy dream goal would be like have my own late night talk show slash japanese game show that'd be with like like that would be like my crazy
3: dream idea
2: but I so I think I talked about this on Genius Bar. I have like graphics and everything. Right before Front Page Tech, like actually did well. Like I was into year five of Front Page Tech. Like three hundred people were watching episodes every day, and that was it. I experimented with another idea. It's Front Page Tech, same formula, same concept, but it's like internet stuff. Um
0: like a late night internet show with like a talk, same, soup, like talk soup talk soup. yeah the
2: same the same formula as front page tech and it was called because the internet and it had all these graphics are really like a big band late night feel it was really cool uh but then front page tech did well i was like i'll just go spend my time doing this <laughs>
0: <laughs> but i'm saying like right you you have to i think it's look i think it's important um for all of us in any and this is for anyone listening to kind of have crazy lofty goals because i think it drives you to do things you would never have done mm. if unless you mm. if you don't think of that way right like sam you're freaking 23 my man imagine what <laughs> yeah. you're gonna well i don't know about what you're gonna look like at 42 Bro, 43 I but know. imagine where imagine you won't look like me i'll give i'll tell you that much i, I
1: will i will not i will, not. I will look but, 70 but
0: imagine You know, when I, when I see people like, you know, I don't want to call you a young person. You are a peer to me quite honestly, but when I see people doing what you have done and now that I know that, you know, how old you are, like the world is your oyster. There's no door that is closed. I think that no matter what we should all, if, if we feel that way, I think it actually opens up more opportunities.
1: Yeah. And this is why Brian Tong is where he is and he's a great fucking person and we love him. Oh, thanks bro. Okay
0: guys, I, before we get into too much complimentary emotional stuff but thank you that was really sweet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love you. um we, we talked about ARVR we talked about the Mac um any other product how about this how about this before we, to wrap this up because you guys have been so generous to your time let's come up with a surprise product of next year whether it happens or not mm. whatever's on the Apple docket or not mm. that you'd be excited about if we saw it
1: oh man. John you can you go oh, first i need to think
2: that's that's really really tough uh it's it's not going to happen but i would like i am excited about the uh of uh, apple glass i am excited about that mm. because that's like that's not just for games and fun that could add you know practical use to my life uh and i'm curious to see i'm curious once again i'm curious to see their vision for that and like implementing AR into into real life. Like with the Apple Watch, it's not just a popular smartwatch. It's the number one watch in the world. And that level of access allows them to do crazy things. Uh, That's where something like Apple Glass could be life-changing as well because it's not just like this fringe product that a few people will have. Like they... Just just as they did with the Apple Watch and AirPods are the most popular, you know, earbuds or whatever, wireless way of listening to audio. Just as they've done with those, there's a certain point where Apple has this magical thing where they can get mass amounts of people wearing a product to where that is the real magic of the product. It's not what your device does for you personally. It's that everyone has it, and suddenly you're connected with everyone in the same experience, and that is going to be game-changing for me. Like, Mm -hmm. when Apple Glass comes out and everyone's wearing it, so what if I have AR features here and there? It's when everyone has that and everyone sees the same thing that I do, where my life starts to get easier, where it's just like, I mean, I don't, I'm not all for the facial tracking stuff or the facial recognition stuff, but when you look at someone and their social stuff pops up, that's, that just makes life easier. Um, Or just like not having to look at your phone for GPS, just looking at the road. And it's just like Mm -hmm. green arrow is on the road. I don't have to look down. First of all, it's not safe to begin with when you're driving, but like the Apple watch helps a lot with that because a lot of times your, your hands on the steering wheel, it'll just like buzz your wrist when it's time to turn. Uh, It's not invasive in that way. Apple Glass would take things to a whole new level where things would just be so seamless in your life, like mixing mixing real life with the digital world, where at mass, at scale, that is life-changing. So I'm curious to see that. I wish it's not going to happen next year, but that would be the one thing where I would truly be surprised and truly be excited about.
0: Nice. I like that pick. Sam?
1: I'm going to have some fun here.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: I'm no kidding. rumors have... uh no, no, no credible rumors have pointed to <laughs> The
2: <this>. game book.
1: <laughs> I want to see an Apple DSLR. Mm. Ooh. Mm. I want to see them take their photography and videography features okay. and go like balls to the wall, $5,000 DSLR with like proprietary Apple lenses and stuff that like only work. Like, I think they, if anybody could like really redefine the camera space, which I mean, Sony's killing it. Like, you know, the A7 series is nuts and the Panasonic's been mm. doing cool stuff for years. But yeah, I, I think I'd want to see an Apple camera. If that was like a dream product that I could make happen out of everything in the world, I, I think it would be an Apple.
2: I feel Apple like again. the closest we'll ever get is this, the iPhone 13. It's like, <laughs> it's just camera that can make
1: phone calls at this point. Dude,
0: Dude, I mean, our for our cameras are our phones now
1: you you guys are absolutely spot on. There's also a part of me that's like, you know, Apple's. I mean, then there's the Apple Car thing, which is like, I mm-hmm. personally, oh, I think they yeah. should just move on. I, I think yeah, they should. Yeah. I think they should scrap it and move the resources somewhere else. I just, I don't see. And maybe maybe I'll eat my words in a few years. I don't know if you guys do. I just don't see uh, an Apple logo on the front of my car in my lifetime. I don't. I Sam, that that's, that's
0: Apple bull. Car. That is bull. You before we started the <laughs> show, you basically told us like. Your adoration is so extreme that you will buy and you will <laughs> love anything from Apple. So if we're going to be consistent here, you're definitely going to buy a stupid-ass Apple car
1: with an Apple it? logo on Would it. Would I buy it? Even if it has it? three yeah. wheels. You know, it also, wouldn't be cool. It wouldn't be cool, though. Becoming- the Tesla's so much cooler. We're seeing less of that. Like
2: AirPods Max, they don't have a logo on them. AirPods don't have a logo yeah. anywhere on them.
1: iMac don't but have the, a logo
0: on it.
2: Yeah, mm. but for that to be... A th- oh, yeah, I forgot about the My iMac on does. The front. I don't know if you've ever seen the front. I have a, a vinyl sticker that matches <laughs> the color of my iMac. <laughs> yeah, so it baby. looks normal to me. Yeah, really, it justifies yeah. the chin for me. Really, really. <laughs> but uh, they've been doing a lot less of that. But yeah. in order to do that, it has to be recognizable on its own without the logo. And that's where we get weird. That's where we get notches Or weird like white bezels with chins. That's where things start to get a little funky. So maybe, maybe I'm afraid to know what an Apple car looks like if it doesn't have a logo on (laughs) it.
1: Like Johnny, I've left at the wrong time. Like that's the one dude I want to design. That's true. That's true. I I would, I
0: would, I totally agree with you there. You know, I love your, this whole idea of uh, an Apple camera. I actually had a guest on the show, Terry Warfield, a little while ago. And I asked him, you know, yeah, in photography, what excites you the most? And he talked about smart photography. He literally, basically said what you were talking about, Sam, like, we've heard about this idea, but it's never been actually any report of real evidence from what we've seen that Mm -hmm. an Apple camera with their, you know, with all of their technology and AI and machine learning, it would be fascinating. And I also think though, in a way, maybe the creator industry really wants to see that. Like, I I don't even Mm -hmm. hear that maybe from like, a, don't want to say a hardcore photographer, but let's just say as a general photographer saying Apple make me a camera, maybe not, but I think the creator industry is definitely saying it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like it speaks to also the ecosystem and the ethos that we work in, but I think that'd be a brilliant product. All right. You want to hear mine?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask. Um, Hit us. Was I was
0: first thinking Apple car, like as a crazy thing. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tone it down and maybe I'll, maybe a crazy one will come up because as you guys were talking, <laughs> how about a freaking Apple watch that can just be set up on its own
1: without yeah. the need for an oh, iPhone. Yeah. Why? Like, yeah. Why Why don't we have them?
0: You know, I think we're at the point where you talk about it is the world's best smart smartwatch. I mean, we know it's the top well, seller. It's the,
1: yeah, it's the number
0: yeah, most, most one.
2: popular watch. Yeah. Just, oh, and period.
0: Yeah. And I think from the latest data, at least when I had seen, be, we obviously know it's only for Apple users. It has basically around like a 30% penetration for iPhone users, which is actually pretty low. You'd think it'd be higher, yeah, which mm-hmm. means they have a whole lot more to grow in the iPhone space, mm-hmm. but also... You know, to me, look, they could create a web portal where you, if you have an iCloud account, you could set it up on the web and just talk to the iCloud and, you know, mm-hmm. do it there. If they opened up the Apple Watch for everyone in a loud setup without the need for an iPhone, yeah, that that would be huge for them. I feel, I just that feel like
2: that's huge. never going to happen. The same, the same argument for like, people want to see iMessage, even if they're like, you know, I'll pay a subscription for it. As much money as Apple would make if they opened up iMessage and even offered it for like five bucks a month, they still make more money by having the whole customer. And for sure. I feel like the Apple Watch even now could be standalone, especially, you know, we already have cellular models, so it could be standalone, but the customer is more valuable to them if they're if they're honestly locked into the ecosystem, even if their ecosystem is small, just iPhone and Apple Watch that's still more money and that that person is more valuable to Apple if they have both of those devices. So I I feel like we're never going to see them just be like, yeah, sure, you can just buy an Apple Watch and that's it.
0: You know what I think, though, mm-hmm. that happens, though, when they actually flip that switch is when they don't see any more sales amongst their Apple user base. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like a lot of times...
2: stagnates.
0: Yes. A lot of times we don't... Apple won't make a move until they make the move. And the data informs them of that. So let's say we get to in two years even, right? Pretty much the same users are buying the same phone and it's just really not growing from at the rate that it used to be growing. Much like we never thought we'd see an iPad work on a Windows machine back in the day. And then they put iTunes on a freaking Windows machine. They ended up doing that because they weren't selling any more iPods to their Apple user base anymore. So Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's my idea like no, it's I think kind of low hanging right. fruit. It's low hanging fruit for them, quite honestly. And if if we've seen in the Tim Cook era, he likes low hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> you know? I mean, really does. It all depends on what they want to do.
2: Like uh, when they started opening up Apple TV and putting Apple TV apps on like Roku yes. and stuff, yes. that was weird. That seemed weird at the time. But then two years later, you have Apple TV Plus, and you realize their original programming wouldn't work on just Apple hardware. There's not enough people with a physical Apple right. TV to make that profitable for them. So they had to open it up to everyone to deliver something a certain way. That is a vision that they had that they're like, this is, how it, this is how it needs to be in order for us to be there in two years. We have to open this up now. So I could definitely see, yeah, maybe things stagnate with the Apple Watch or maybe they have a different vision for it that requires mm-hmm. a, a larger user base. And the only way to unlock the larger user base is to just suck it up and open it up.
0: Yeah,
1: that's really interesting my only thing that I thought of because I'm like it, what has Apple done this for any other hardware where they like lock it down it, like AirPods work with anything mm-hmm. so Beautiful. I'm curious I, they're nerfed a little bit on Android right? yeah they, they're well, not
0: all features but they do work they do yeah, work yeah. Like,
1: like I'm just saying like the fact that you can't even pair an Apple Watch and just get calls or just get notifications mm-hmm. with an Android phone mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. that. that's a customer I think Apple could sell because there isn't a super compelling Android watch and you know, I think Brian might be onto something here, where they could open it up. Yeah, and a lot and of the like you set it up A lot yourself.
2: of the a lot of the subscriptions and the services are on iPhone though. That's like if you just sell someone an Apple Watch, there's only so much money they can make because there's not somebody that's like downloading all these paid apps on their watch. And Mm-mm. I feel like that's limiting to them. So they'll keep the the keep the iPhone just so you pay for the the five dollar apps, and Apple gets that thirty percent cut.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Their All services right. uh,
2: in their last uh, earnings call, their services are way up too. Like it is it's 18, like, billion. It's like, it eighteen billion. I think it's at eighteen billion. Yeah, it's like iPhone is their biggest, yeah. their biggest sales, and then services.
0: Yep. that's yep. nuts. I mean, the, you know, that, that's what they have to be in. Whereas the hardware matures too, right? But it was, I think, I was was it three or four years ago. Tim was like, we need to double our services revenue. Yeah. Well, hey. Uh, so you,
2: that another thing that I mentioned in the. Uh, um, in my Steve Jobs video a point that you just brought up Brian was that like they stagnated they had so many they had so many people that were just upgrading and buying a new iPhone every year and I'm I'm sure the numbers weren't completely stagnant but they had to find a way to make where where the the revenue doesn't stop after the hardware purchase mm-hmm. where someone makes someone buys an iPhone but those iPhones are lasting four or five years for some people. And Tim needs to make more money off of that customer. And the best way to do that after you sell the hardware and make a profit on that, once it's in their pocket, you can continue to make money you know month after month in revenue when if you if you introduce these services. So I mean, it's crazy that they're still a hardware software company for the most part, but I mean, they're getting real close to like 50, 50 hardware and services. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So yeah. okay, gentlemen, honestly, we could talk for another two hours, but I do respect your time and I respect you it. guys as human beings. <laughs> no, this was amazing. This is really fun. So, you know, I wanted to give you guys both a chance just to kind of tell my audience that's listening where they can follow your own work and anything that you you would like to impart to them.
1: Sure. Same. So I'm Sam Cole. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash IUpdate, uh, on the web at Appletrack.com. It's a site that I run. And then also on Twitter at twitter.com IUpdate. And I talk about Apple products and my take on them. No, I, you know, I'm the only one that does that on this podcast. Yeah, you know, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm For the sure. only one that talks you know, Please subscri- yeah. only only subscribe to Brian and John. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, same, John Prosser, Front Page Tech. You Google Front Page Tech or go to frontpagetech.com. Oh, and Sam and I, we also have a podcast together. Genius oh, yeah. Bar, yeah, yeah, we do a podcast, uh, not associated with the Apple Genius Bar. Not the same thing. Don't worry. No, so we can't get sued or anything different. like that. But yeah, yeah. our podcast completely Genius different. Bar, uh, and we're gonna have Brian on as a permanent co-host.
3: What? Oh, we oh, we yeah. started. <laughs> we could
0: <laughs> as permanent. Damn. Dude, awesome.
1: No, you hey, man, made. I'd, I'd love
0: to be a guest there. I'd love to be a guest there, dude. Let,
1: John, let's have him on like this week. You want to come on this week? Sure. No, we'll
0: figure it out. We'll figure it uh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: have if you have free time on Monday, that's when we record.
0: Okay. Whether it's this Monday or the next Monday, I'll let you know. Yeah. Okay. Either. Perfect,
2: dude.
1: We want you on.
0: What, yeah, man, you're going to get us
2: out
1: of, the, Sam, this is how we're going to get out of the tech news. Yep. Drought. We're a guest every Definitely week, every week. <laughs> I was just thinking this. I was like, I had this vision the other day. I was like, we got to start having people on. And sure enough, you know, by God's grace, you know, Brian Tong comes down from that. <laughs> well,
2: so far we I only mean. have Brian Tong. So it's looking like every week until the tech news drought is over, Brian's on.
1: I mean, that sounds like our numbers would go pretty much to the roof. <laughs> yeah. So I'm cool with it.
0: Yo, man, the, that, I'm, I'm good with that guys. It was so much fun. So uh, thanks again. And we'll talk soon.
1: Brian, thank love you. You, love you, man. Appreciate you. All right. Love you too,
0: guys. All right. So there you go. That was that was a really fun podcast to do. And the first time I've had those guys on the show together. So really good times. And hopefully, you know, you guys all enjoyed that conversation as well. Just really hitting on a bunch of different topics and hopefully maybe sparked some thoughts of your own. I would love to hear from you all. You know what to do. All you got to do is call in, record a voice memo, send it in to applebitsshow at Gmail. Dot com and we will put them in the next episode. Also, we gotta give a big thanks to our Platinum Apple supporters from Patreon, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you so much for your incredible support, and thank you again to all of you who continue to support this show, my content, and the podcast, and everything, at every level. Uh, you are incredible, and in allow me to do this, and I can only say thanks. And if you haven't done it before, Check out Patreon.com/slash Brian Tong. We've got some fun stuff going on exclusively for you all, um, different you know live streams and things like that. So uh, check it out Patreon.com/slash Brian Tong. How you support everything here. But until then, look, we still there's still things to talk about. We'll kind of get caught up with the latest news. Maybe I'll take a break and actually do a new show next episode. And then I do want to get an Apple Watch review kind of podcast back and forth because I think there's still a lot to talk about there as well. So until then, everybody, take care, be safe. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Peace.